for the Athletic Podcast Network. This is the update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to Kerry Crowley, who covers the San Francisco Giants for the Bay Area News Group and San Jose Mercury News, about the historic 2021 season for the San Francisco Giants. The season wraps up the final three-game regular season series against the Padres this weekend, and the division is still in jeopardy. The Giants need to lock this thing up to avoid playing a wild-card game. We'll be playing against the St. Louis Cardinals if it's a wild-card game. If not, they'd be meeting either the Cardinals or the Dodgers in the first round of the playoffs, the division series, which begins next Friday. All things we can talk about with Kerry Crowley, who joins me next. Today is Friday, October 1st. My pleasure to welcome back to the podcast, Kerry Crowley. He, of course, covers the Giants for the San Jose Mercury News, Bay Area News Group. Kerry, what's going on, man? Not much. Really looking forward to the rest of this weekend, Adam, and really looking forward to the postseason. I mean, this has been such an incredible season that no one saw coming, and just the opportunity to cover this, chronicle this, has been uh, really a joy so far. Is this your first pennant race or pennant, like, uh, covering the team? Yeah, I actually started covering the team in a season that I also thought was a joy, but many fans did not agree with that assessment. 2017, when the Giants lost 98 games, there were no shortage of storylines. It was really interesting to see the collapse on a daily basis. But this is the exact opposite. And this is where fans are reading every single story. This is where fans really care. And so the engagement is at an all-time high. And for good reason, the Giants have given fans in San Francisco, the Bay Area, and well beyond that, a season far beyond anyone's wildest expectations. I like like you saying uh, no shortage of storylines. So for like a beat writer standpoint, that's great to have all those storylines. For like a fan (laughs) standpoint, to watch your team lose 98 over six months, I'm looking over at the Diamondbacks this week after they came in to play the Giants. One of the most hapless teams that I've seen in my entire life. Yeah, one of the most hapless teams I've ever seen in my entire life and guaranteed to finish, what, 10, 12 games back of that 2017 98 loss Giants team. I mean, that to Giants fans was such a historically awful season that could never be replicated. Yet, this year's Diamondbacks team has put them to shame. I mean, this year's Diamondbacks team is like nothing we've ever seen before. Can't throw strikes, can't hit. I mean, it's just a miserable, miserable watch. So what I thought was kind of cool about uh, this week is Wednesday night, the Giants pick up their 104th win of the season. That number 103 has been, I don't want to call it a curse or anything like that, but 103, the most wins any team in San Francisco Giants history had ever had, and that was in the midst of a historic pennant race. So now we're looking at the two seasons with the most wins ever in Giants history, 1993, 103 wins. They don't make the postseason and sort of have a, a Atlanta Braves Colorado Rockies thing going with the Diamondbacks where they just rolled the Diamondbacks every time they played them. I don't believe the Rockies beat the Braves one time Mm-mm. in 1993. Giants miss out on the playoffs. Solomon Torres on the last day of the season. All that nonsense. Here we are again now. They get past that mark Wednesday night. 104 wins now or as of Wednesday night, that 104th victory. And it just seems like they're stuck sort of in that same situation where this whole thing could come down to the final day of the season. It could, and regardless of what transpires over the next few days, nothing would shock me if we saw a game 163 between the Giants and the Dodgers because while the Brewers are a very strong team and the Brewers are a team that has already clinched the NL Central, they're not throwing Brandon Woodruff this weekend. You know, they lost Devin Williams in that shocking injury that, you know, he fractures his hand punching the wall in the clubhouse during the Brewers' postgame celebration when they clinched the division. So it 
would not shock me if the Dodgers swept. It would not shock me if the San Diego Padres put up a fight against the San Francisco Giants this weekend. I just think that, you know, for as good as the division race has been, there may still be a few twists and turns left to take. And look, I know that fans want this thing wrapped up as soon as possible. For me, Game 163 is drama. Game 163 is incredible. And regardless of what happens this weekend, I think that I would support the Giants or the Dodgers winning in the wild card game over the Cardinals, who've been a sensational story in September, just so we get these two teams matching up best of five in the postseason. It would be remarkable. And I think that, uh, you know, as a writer, you don't root for much, but uh, I would love to see Giants Dodgers in the postseason. So you want Giants Dodgers in the postseason or 98 losses. And then you'll be set with your... (laughs) Look, 98 (laughs) losses is a really interesting, compelling season. Pablo Sandoval's home run that cost the Giants. Casey Mize got them Joey Bart. Everything about that year was so interesting. And while I know that fans will disagree with me forever, I loved covering it. Probably my second, first or second favorite season covering the Giants. That's so funny. I mean, you're nostalgic about it too. It's your first time doing it. And then (laughs) you you get all these storylines. So we're thinking, you know, if it goes to a 163, obviously insane drama. If it's 163 and then they've got to play in the division series, that first round, also insane drama. Let me ask you this. How do you stack up the rotation going into the postseason? Let's say Giants just roll into game one of the division series. I think it's obvious that we'd go Kevin Gossman one, Logan Webb two, DeSclafani three. That feels obvious to me, but then Alex Wood pitched really well on Wednesday night. Probably went deeper into the game than a lot of Giants fans expected. I've seen people uh, on Twitter suggesting maybe he's a guy you give a, a postseason start to in those first three games. What, what's your thought on the rotation? So post game on Wednesday night after Alex Wood threw six shutout innings, his longest sh- scoreless appearance since I want to say 2018 with the Dodgers. Gabe Kapler said, you know, the way Alex Wood's pitching, he really completes our rotation. He's a really good three or a really good four. And to me, it's all about the matchup in the NLDS should the Giants get there. So if they face the Dodgers, the Dodgers have a lot of good left-handed hitters. I could see Alex Wood being the three. If they face the Cardinals, the Cardinals have Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt in that lineup. I think you want Anthony DiSclefani as your three in that series. So I really do think that this is matchup dependent. Kevin Gossman will probably get game one. Logan Webb will probably get game two, depending on what transpires over the next few days. But I could see the Giants flip-flopping Wood and DiSclefani just based on matchups. And you know, DiSclefani did throw six shutout innings against the Dodgers in his last start against them on that great Friday night Mm -hmm. performance at Oracle Park. But he has struggled against L.A. this season, whereas Wood, while he's also struggled, his numbers have been slightly better against uh, Los Angeles. Yeah, I'm with you. It's probably matchup dependent, and I'm okay with Alex Wood as the number four starter. Now, if it's an elimination game, it's it's a little dicier. He's probably on a much shorter leash, but it's a guy who I think with postseason experience, with a guy who's been comfortable coming out of the bullpen and as a starter, I've got some confidence. And now that he's healthy and, and off the COVID IL, uh, let me ask you this. The Brandon Belt injury on the, the bunt attempt last week, obviously this is a major blow. However, the Giants record this season better without Brandon Belt than with Brandon Belt, but he was the hottest hitter in the lineup, the hottest hitter in baseball. You're talking matchups. He was a matchup proof guy. He's one of those guys that they just throw out there. Gabe Kapler pencils him in every day. You don't worry about the defense. You don't worry about the at-bats. He was on fire. He was looking like he was going to get 30 home runs. Giants fans, I think, are, are as many as the belt wars as we've had over the, the last few years. This is a major blow. What, what do you think this does to postseason 
I don't want to say depth, for their postseason chances and into the World Series potentially, how big of a blow is this? Uh, it's a massive blow. And the one thing that I would say is while the Giants record has been better without Brandon Belt than with Brandon Belt, the Giants record is also better with Kirk Casale behind the plate than Buster Posey. <laughs> I, I mean, the Giants have been yeah. so remarkable this season that, you know, their single season franchise record for wins is in play now with 106, set back by the great 1905 Giants. Shout out Marty Lurie. And I, I just think that, you know, with as good as they've been, then this belt injury is a little different. I mean, they've plugged every hole over the course of this season, Adam. It feels different. They had a different look offensively. Their first two games against the Diamondbacks this week at Oracle Park, where they just, you know, they didn't hit the ball out of the yard. And it seemed to me like things were a bit of a struggle. Belt in the two hole, like you said, matchup proof. It didn't matter if there was a tough righty or a tough lefty. He was someone who really drove the Giants offense. And when they turned around that order, it made a huge difference. And right now, I don't know if you go Chris Bryant there, the Giants have tried Lamont Wade Jr. there. He's in a bit of a slump. And so I just think that Buster Posey's been the one guy who stepped up. Brandon Crawford has stepped up. Maybe one of those guys needs to be hitting in the two spot come October because replacing Brandon Belt's production, while you can put a Darren Ruff, you can put a Wilmer Flores, you can put a Lamont Wade Jr. at first base, it's who's going to step up and be that number two hitter for this team. That's the bigger difference to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Because Belt, uh, with the power and the ability to draw walks in that two hole, and Tommy Listello has been getting on base uh, since he's gotten healthy, it seems like. Over the last month or so, he's been a factor up at the top of the lineup where Wade was hitting well, dropped him down, and as you mentioned, uh, has been in a bit of a slump. Johnny Cueto, is this a guy we're going to see in the postseason? Potentially, they're saying could be back later this week, and they'll make a decision on that? I think a lot depends on whether or not the Giants are able to clinch by Saturday, because if they're able to clinch by Saturday, then maybe Logan Webb goes three, four innings on Sunday just to get him on the mound, get him a little bit of work, but then you throw Johnny Cueto out of the bullpen, and you really evaluate Johnny Cueto in Game 162 against the Padres. Is he healthy enough to make a contribution during the postseason? Is he comfortable coming out of the bullpen? Can he be someone who gets loose and doesn't need two innings to get loose like a traditional starter would? 329 major league appearances for Johnny Cueto, all as a starter. So this is a completely unfamiliar role. He's an unselfish guy, but you know, unselfish can only take you so far. Can he be good in this role out of the bullpen? I don't know that we would see him unless the Giants clinch, but if they do, We'll have a much better gauge of whether he can help the postseason roster. Would you be surprised if he were on the postseason roster? Yes. Right now, I would be surprised if Johnny Cueto was on the postseason roster unless he pitches Sunday and goes three or four scoreless innings. The velocity's back. The changeup is good. Then I would say, yeah, maybe he's the 13th pitcher. But right now, I think the Giants would rather go with 12 pitchers, four starters, four left-handed relievers, four right-handed relievers, and 14 position players so that Gabe Kathler and Kai Correa can play the matchup baseball they've done all season long. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. They've done the matchup thing really, really well, but they've also maneuvered the roster better than any team we've ever seen in Giants history because I don't want to say the Giants were the last team to, to move into the modern day, but because they had Bruce Bochy, because they were the last team to have a, a dynastic run like they had in the 2010s, they held on to that and held yeah. on to that magic, I think, for a little bit longer and did not move into the new wave of baseball. Are they built for the postseason based on how they were able to get so many fresh arms, fresh bodies, different looks up here for the regular season. Does that translate, you think, to October? Yeah, I do think it translates to October because I think that you win in October with 
teams that can get big clutch hits. The Giants have proven they can hit big clutch home runs all season, and he went in October with a great bullpen. And look, for whatever reason, whether it's social media or other other vehicles, this bullpen has drawn criticism for a lot of the year, but I do think that that started to subside just a little bit in the month of September, especially with how Camilo Doval has looked in the ninth inning. The two saves that he got against the Diamondbacks in the midweek series against Arizona were just sensational work. And so I think that you know the Giants are in a position where they could have the best bullpen heading into October, and that's why I believe that they're a legitimate World Series contender where it's not just a great 105, 106, 107 win regular season. It's even better than that for this Giants team because they have shown that they have all the pieces. They've shown that they can win in a variety of different ways. And so I think that fans would have every right to be disappointed if it was a quick exit for San Francisco. I think you're right with Devin Williams hurt. Uh, on paper, they're they're the best bullpen cruising into uh, into the postseason. One more here than on the way out. Uh, Jake McGee potentially could be back this weekend, it sounds like. Yeah. And, and I personally, I'd like Jake McGee back. I think the Giants need Jake McGee back. Uh, they need a veteran who's closed games and pitched at the back end of the bullpen alongside Tony Watson and, and some of these other lefties they've got, uh, Harleen and, uh, and Alvarez. Is it a given that he gets his job back? Is it Camilo Doval's role? Or are we going back to what Gabe Kapler kind of told us at the beginning of the year where, yeah, if somebody plays their way into it, he's the guy, but we're just going to kind of go matchups in the ninth inning? Or do you think Doval has showed enough over two days uh, as the closer on, on, was it Tuesday and Wednesday night, I guess, to get those two saves, that his stuff is so electric, it's so wipeout, that if there's an opportunity to close a game, he should be the guy. What's your take on that? Look, it wouldn't shock me if the Giants went back to matchup baseball. And if, you know, you had Max Muncy and another tough lefty coming up, Corey Seager in the ninth inning, Giants-Dodgers in the NLDS, that Jake McGee would take the ball. But I do think that you can make a very compelling case that Camilo Doval should be the guy until he's no longer the guy. And what I mean by that is until he blows a save, leave Camilo Doval in the ninth inning because you've got a guy who is touching Camilo Doval twice in the same inning, three times in the same inning. Jake McGee can give up a single, give up a home run, give up a walk. You could theoretically see a team scoring three runs in the ninth inning off Jake McGee right now. You could see a guy popping a ball out off Jake McGee. If someone gets to Camilo Doval, it's more than likely going to be a lucky hit right now with the way that he's pitching. It's more than likely not going to be more than two runners on base in the ninth inning against Camilo Doval. You are essentially looking at a guy who is coming into his own, who is so dominant that, you know, teams just feel fortunate to get a base runner against Camilo Doval with the stuff that he brings. And so when you've got a guy like that, I think the ninth inning is where you want him. It's crazy. So little experience, two career saves, and it gets two. I mean, really, the worst team we've ever seen. And it could be like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, he's the closer now. It's like, not only is nobody touching Camilo Duvall, he went in there and got some confidence built because he was doing it against the Diamondbacks. I just, you look up in the postseason, and it's a different situation. It's a bigger stage. Every base runner is a magnified base runner. Personally, I'm more comfortable with Jake McGee in the ninth inning just because I've seen him do it all year. I have not understood why fans, people are going, ah, oh, they figured out his one pitch situation. I'm going, the guy's got a whip under one. He's also, striking out more than the nine per nine innings. He's an 11-year Major League veteran. <laughs> been People are not <laughs> figuring out Jake McGee in his 11th season. Relief pitchers give up hits. Yeah, it's, Sorry. It's, it's what he does. I mean, but my, my point is... I'm the bad guy? He's, no, I'm the bad guy. I'm just telling you what's going on out there with Jake McGee, man. He's getting out. So I like having that option. I like the uh, the fact that he could be out there alongside Camilo Duvall. Kerry, thanks for coming by, man. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for having me. Nothing like October baseball. Great stuff from Kerry Crowley. Make sure you give him a follow at KO underscore Crowley. Can you believe we're getting playoff baseball here in San Francisco? The first time since 2016, and it's a whole different feel than the last run, even though a couple of familiar faces with Buster Posey and Brandon Crawford. Also, going to be a bummer 
Brandon Belt missing, of course. the uh, Looks like he could be missing the entirety of this postseason, but we'll see how that all shakes out. Thank you to Carrie. Thank you to Brian, my producer, and thank you to you, the listener. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever it is you're listening. We'll keep bringing you the best stories in Bay Area sports, and that means on Monday, actually not a Bay Area team, but the nation runs strong, the Raider nation, that is. Monday night football, Raiders and Chargers. Raiders coming off of an overtime victory over the Dolphins. The Chargers coming off of a huge win against the Kansas City Chiefs. All stuff we'll talk about on Monday with Raiders beat writer from The Athletic, Vic Tafer. Everybody enjoy the weekend. We'll talk to you Monday.